Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and I'm so glad you could join us for another Bible Chick show. Today, we have an extraordinary guest. It's Deborah Smith Pagay, and she just has an incredible background, first starting out as a Southern maid to a Fortune 500 BP vice president to best-selling award-winning author, and she's also held executive positions for major corporations and a financial consultant to celebrities, nonprofits, and businesses in both North America and in South Africa. We're going to hear from her in just a second, but first, a song. I praise the Lord for all His praise Him for all that will be. I praise Him for His unfailing love, for His faithfulness to me. I rejoice to know of His presence. I rejoice to know that He has set me free. I rejoice to know of His greatest gift of His promises to me. Oh, I am a child of the promise and offspring of Abraham and heir with Christ my Savior. He's the King of who I am. Yes, and I Let me shine the light of my Jesus Christ So they will join me and say Oh, I am a child of the promise And offspring of Abraham And heir with Christ, my Savior He's the King of who I am Yes, and I am a new creation. Free. 
my privilege to welcome Deborah Pigay. And and Deborah, just thanks so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us. And we just have so many wonderful things to discuss. So um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Carolyn. It's so good to be with you. And thank you in advance for your service to Christian Women in Media. You're just a blessing. Oh, thanks so much. Well, it's a blessing to connect with like-minded women, isn't that for sure? It is. It is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I met you through Christian Women Media, but I've, I've been re- looking at your bio. You know, I know you as a friend and, and personally, but, you know, you have a bachelor's degree in accounting and MBA and finance and certified behavioral consultant. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I, it's a good thing. I uh, Sometimes we might be a little bit threatened by that, but you're not threatening at all. You're just the nicest person in the world. World and you, you help people understand and accept and appreciate personality differences. And I love that your motto is everything works together for good and I'm never a victim. Never is- a victim. And you'd have to know my background to know why I would say that, mm-hmm. having grown up in the deep south uh, during the 60s. And, um, but it, it's great. I, I, I have a, I'm always joyful. I you always are. Oh, it is my strength. And I really I have not suffered with depression. That's not a mark of, uh, that's not a badge that I'm bragging about. But I have just learned that the word of God is the answer. It is the answer for a mindset, an emotion. It's just the answer for everything, it really is. And I, I think, you, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, one of them is self-control. And I noticed that your books really reflect that. I think that's the tough one for me and for so many people, that self-control. But you've got your 16 books you've written to make a difference in people's lives. And, and one of them is 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. And, you know, you've sold over a million copies of that one. That's just amazing. <laughs> and that was an accidental book, Carol, because I, I messed up with my tongue. That's how it got started. I yeah. said something I wasn't supposed I told something I wasn't supposed to tell and I felt so bad about it until I went home um, that evening when it was discovered I had done this major faux pas uh, and I just started to study the negative uses of the tongue in the scriptures and ended up with the, uh, with the book. <laughs> yeah, you know that sticks and stones can break my bones or something but words can never hurt me. I don't know who made that one up. But it's it, not true. Words never die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe. and you've also... Done a book, uh, written a book called Emergency Prayers. That's yeah, uh, sounds I good. Learn how to pray the word of God. So, it's a, if there are over 114 prayers, over 700 scriptures where you pray the word of God. There's nothing like praying the word because when you pray the word, you know you have prayed the will of God. 
So that's what that's about. Yes, and um, so and as great guidelines that you give people how to how to um, engage and and have that close personal relationship. That just talking to our Father God and being in His presence that's uh, just um, priceless. So right. so and it, and it has been a real a real success. Just I, I get lots of emails from people. Uh, even somebody was raised from a coma. Uh, when he prayed the prayer on on dying, when somebody prayed it over him, and uh, they said they called me and said the next week the guy was out of the hospital and he was now back to work. <laughs> so many praises, so many. I'm sure, just story after story, victory stories, yeah. and that's what you're about is is victory stories and victory truths. And and I mentioned that book was priceless, but there there is a cost that you know actual reality in our lives of finances, and you have addressed that as well, called taming our finances or taming your finances. Tell us just a little bit about that. And I really address that one, not just to women, but I want women to be more empowered financially because I meet too many women who say, I don't have a head for figures. I'm thinking, how could you possibly have this almighty God, the spirit of the all-knowing God residing in you and not have a mind for finances? <laughs> and most of us will outlive our husbands if we're married. But And women make the most financial decisions. So we got to get a little bit more savvy. So I explain to you how your behavior drives your uh, financial decisions. It's not just a technical book about, you know, setting a budget and all that kind of thing, but it really is about looking inwardly. As you said at the beginning, discipline, discipline ourselves and how we spend, what we say, how we think, those kinds of things. Yeah, so, you know, there's so much temptation right and left, all the marketing that we're bombarded with, just even on our phones, those pop-up ads, everything just comes at us. And so, you know, can you give us some quick tips on on finances and that self-discipline? Well, I think it's important to always know where you stand. Most people don't know where they where they stand. Even a lot of wives whose husbands handle the finances, they'll say, oh, he takes care of that. And then, you know, the Lord calls him home and we're lost. So you need to at least know um, about the insurance, where the policy is. Make sure you're the beneficiary, especially if he's been married before. I've had situations like that, Carol, where mm-hmm. a person didn't realize the policy was still in the name of the first wife. Those kinds of things. But it's important then that you know where you stand and that you have an emergency reserve. You don't put your faith in it, but everybody should have at least one month of living expenses in reserve. And if you don't have it, make that a goal and just start to work towards it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good good advice, and yeah. thanks. We'll just take that one to heart. You know, I have to go back to your million-seller book, Taming the Tongue, because... Wow, that's just, uh, you know, there's such a oh hunger and I guess just an appetite of people wanting uh, the gossip and all of all of these uh, different aspects of just people's misery. Just people are so interested and they just want to share all this information all the time with social networking, you know, all the bad stuff. Uh, it's become such an interest. Uh, it's an entertainment factor, certainly, people's uh, misfortunes. So, uh, what is the difference? difference between, you know, being in this world and uh, being a God-fearing woman who is going to do it God's way. What is, well, what is the difference? Well, first of all, we know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. This book is a book about uh, refraining from negativity. In fact, it started out being called the tongue fast. It's a fast from negativity. So for 30 days, you have to refrain from 30 negative uses of the tongue, including gossiping. Um, because a lot of times when people gossip, it's because they're really trying to get attention and mm-hmm. it kind of gives you that elevated status when you know more about somebody's business than anybody else. And so all of a sudden you become the focus of attention. But more than that, it's about not being uh, rude. It's about not 
uh, meddling into other people's business or being judgmental or even complaining. Carol, I'd like to give your audience uh, a challenge. Um, okay. So for the next um, 24 hours without registering a single complaint, don't express displeasure with any situation or any person. Now, how about that? It's hard to do because what this book has done is sensitizes us to how negative we can be. And their so, habits. Yeah, habits. their habits. And, and we learn that. We grow up, you know, maybe hearing that in the home or hearing other women in our lives, other aunts or, you know, uh, uh, those older than us. We, we see that behavior. And then, you know, that's something that we just think, well, isn't that the way everybody does it? No, that's why we have to be intentional. And I like that word now. It's a buzzword in the culture. But we really have to be strategic and understanding when we are being negative. It's kind of like God gives us a red light and, you know, a caution light. Caution, caution, stop. <laughs> you need to stop talking now about that. Don't go down that road. And the, and the more we do that, I'm telling you, we'll have a tongue that becomes a wellspring of life. That's what I like. I want my tongue to add life to people and not death. I really do. Yeah, and so uh, give an example of that wellspring. Um, just say, oh, okay, I'll be the complainer. Oh, this weather, you know, it's just, it's just wrecking everything. All that got leaves all over the, or the, the ground or, or some kind of complaint that I have or, oh, the spring I have allergies or, uh, you know, just kind of that, oh, isn't life tough or that kind of thing. What, how would you respond to, um, what could you, what kind of a wellspring can you give me back? I'll, I'll, contrad- I will, I'll contradict it without being confrontational. I'll say, yeah, that, you know, I, I'll acknowledge that reality, but aren't we glad we weren't part of that tsunami or something? Could be a lot worse. So I'm just grateful that I live in Southern California and, oh, okay, the traffic's bad and all those kinds of things, but I'll just make sure that um, I'm, I'm just grateful. I always counter a complaint with something I am personally grateful for. Mm-hmm. So without saying you should be grateful too, I'll just say, well, that you know, yeah, the line is long, or the weather is bad, or the you know the the, mm-hmm. the rain is going on and on. But I just know it could be worse, and so um, I'm just grateful for that, aren't you? And you're putting that in the first person yeah. yourself. You're right. you're putting that in like what I'm grateful for, and and hopefully the listener, the other person will will gravitate to that and respond to that like. You know, at least think about it. At least, at least consider that. Like, oh, you know, maybe I I should be grateful too, or whatever that response. We're we're really retraining, aren't we? We're we're yes. encouraging. We're pointing them towards the Lord, aren't we? We are, without being judgmental. Because when mm-hmm. I say yes, it is. I acknowledge your, your, your the fact of what you just complained about, but I'll say, but I'm I'm just grateful that da da da. You know, I just say what I'm grateful for. And because the complaining is contagious. If you watch that, sometimes we're so quick to want to relate to people to we'll just chime in. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have more tellers working in here. This line shouldn't be this long, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I'm grateful that you would take time to be on the Bible Chick Show today. I'm so grateful for all that you have to share. We're going to come right back after the break and hear more from Deborah Pagay. Singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. Reading, believing, living His Word. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? 
back with Deborah Piguet, and we're going to talk about your latest book, Deborah, Forgive, Let Go, and Live. What can you tell us about those uh, uh, that aspect of life that we need to think about more? Well, we do need to think about it because we all deal with it because everybody has been offended. It's, it's impossible to find somebody who has never been offended. And the question becomes, how do we go forward after having been offended? And we're not just talking about offended because somebody said something. We've all been hurt or disadvantaged in some way. And I just found too many people who were experiencing that. And so I wanted to write some tools, some principles that we need to embrace so that we learn how to let go and go forward. And it's interesting, when you look at the word forgive, it has the word give in it. Mm-hmm. We are never more like God, Carol, than when we give and forgive. And so when we forgive, we are giving to people what God has given to us. I mean, that has just become a, a revelation that I got after I wrote the book. What am I giving? I am giving them the mercy, the compassion that God has given to me. And I, Carol, in my life, I want to be a channel of mercy. I don't want to just be a reservoir of mercy where God gives it to me and I don't pass it on. I just keep it. But I am learning that. And I I inherited a legacy of unforgiveness. And that's why I wrote this book as well, because my mother and father never forgave anybody. They argued all the time about things that had happened in the far, far past. And it just was unnecessary. It, It impacted my life. So none of us forgave. It was it was it was terrible. We ne- none of us ever forgave. And I decided in the last couple of years that I was going to break that chain in my life and start to forgive people. Just really release them. I release everybody. That's what I say now. I release everybody. Well, unforgiveness is like a cancer, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's it an- really hurts. It hurts us. It actually there's actually physical um, you know, ramifications that go with that. You know, you have a creates sickness, it creates illness, high blood pressure, all these things, this unforgiveness. And when we retain that, and it may not even make any difference in the person, other person's life. You know, they just go on, and they are not may not even be aware of it. Well, and that's what I say in one of my books on confronting without offending. When you begin to confront somebody who has offended you or hurt you, many times that person, especially if it's a verbal slight, that person may not even be aware of it. And here you are holding this hot coal in your hand, mm-hmm. this hot coal of unforgiveness and it's burning you and so i'm telling everybody here's the deal and this is the basic truth that i want to convey in this area whatever has happened to you god saw it before it happened and even while it was happening and he chose to allow it to be now that's a heavy truth to accept carol the fact that god could have stopped whatever happened and i don't care how awful it was god was not surprised by that Mm -hmm. and so i always say i don't want to waste my pain. I, I want I want to gain from my pain. I really do. I want to look at that and say, what happened here? All things work together for my good. I have to embrace that as a foundational truth for my life, that everything works together for my good. So if it does, what good can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. What lesson did I learn? What did I learn not to do going forward? How can I gain from this pain? That's what I do. Let go and live is what yes. you say. And, and so live, uh, give us some descriptions of, of the difference in a life that living with um, forgiveness than a life that is unforgiveness. I mean, what, what else in your book are you talking about as far well, as living? 
Yeah, I'm talking about not being stuck in the past. We were not created to live in two time zones, the present and the past. And so when you're stuck in the past, it's certainly it's like driving a car. You may have heard this expression before, but that's why our windshield is bigger than our rearview mirror. We're supposed to spend most of our time looking forward. So when you are a person who is stuck in unforgiveness, you're allowing the person who perpetrated the pain upon you to control your thoughts. You can't even think what you want to because you're so stuck thinking about the hurt. So I'm challenging people to say, hey, stop thinking about the pain. Ask yourself, what can I do on a, that would bring more glory to God? How can I change? I may even have to change to help society change some rules. I think that organization MAD, M-A-D-D, was Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. That was started out of somebody's pain who decided not to get stuck, but to seek justice and find ways where they can use that pain to help other people. And I think that's a great thing to do. I mean, I, I have the pain of having been discriminated against probably most of my life until maybe the last 10 years. I'm sure I am in some ways, but I stopped focusing on that. It's like, wait a minute. What did I learn from that? I, I, I think I'm a writer today because, because of some discrimination issues. But I say God was he was positioning me. That's what he was doing. And I, cho I choose to believe that. So I live in the scriptures. I really do, Carol. I just think the Bible has the answer to everything. So I cast down every imagination that's not of God. And I'll say, I'm not even going to allow my mind to get stuck in the past. I'm going to say all things work together for my good. That's going to be like my, I don't want to use the word mantra, but that's my war cry. Everything is mm -hmm. working for my good. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so glad that you're able to, you know, you've learned through the your trials, your challenges, you've learned that, you've considered it, you're smart. God gave you a good brain and you've chosen to use your thinking processes to figure some of this out besides looking, you know, reading his word, seeing how that applies to your life. That's what you're doing. And then you're sharing what you've learned with so many people. And I'm, again, just so blessed to know you and then you know, blessed to that you're able to share this on on our program. And Carol, I'd like to give everybody First Corinthians fifteen ten. It says, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am." And I look at what God has allowed me to accomplish, having sold a couple million books. Not a marketer at all. There's so many testimonies I have. God gave me. Um, he led me to leave my comfortable job in 2006 to go out and write and speak full time. And I thought, oh no, I can't do that. I mean, I was looking at the you know the budget on paper. I, I can't do that and and I'm a, I'm a minority, and I'm, minorities don't buy enough books. That's what I said. You see how we can put God in the box? Yes. Said, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm right. just being honest here. But I tell you, Carol, I left that job, and eight months later, I had made more uh, doing my profession that God called me to at the, for this season than I made on the job, on my six-figure job. Now, that's the grace of God. Yes. That's the grace of God. And I like to encourage people out there today, whatever it is you want to do, don't wait until you're ready. Just sometimes, you know, we, I spoke this weekend on ready, set, go. Sometimes it's just a matter of go, and then you get ready. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what is this thing? My mom used to say, you know, um, you just jump at every opportunity. And, and she goes, I don't know, when does that come? Well, how do you know when it's coming? I don't know. I just keep jumping. <laughs> I think God is honored. He's, the Bible says he's just looking for somebody to, 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 that he can show himself strong in. I love that. I love hearing that, that God's just looking. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, just looking for somebody that he can show himself strong in. I'm down here like a somebody who has been lost in the desert saying, do me, God, choose me. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you are so close to the Lord and um, because you study his word, but you also spend a lot of time in conversation with our precious Savior. And so tell us about prayer and your prayer life. 
Well, I have a, a space set up, and I have to tell you, I don't come in here as much as I want to, but I am constantly communing with God, even if I don't get that time. And we can't get into condemnation about not going into the prayer room itself for an hour, but I am in constant conversation. But I do set aside time to read the word because that's the time that God speaks to me. And as a speaker and one who speaks on behalf of God, it's critical that I get what God is saying mm -hmm. because I can't just go out there and say, God said when I haven't even been in here to hear what he said. That's just Deborah saying, and there's no deliverance and healing in that. That's just me giving my opinion. So I'm very careful to want to make sure I get the mind of God, get his words before I go and speak. And so for our listeners, would you please uh, close, just share a prayer with all of us because we would be so blessed to hear your heart as you're speaking with our Lord. Father, we thank you so much just for the privilege of coming into your presence. You are an awesome God. And Father, I pray for every person who is listening on this call that you will just renew our passion for you, our passion for the word. And God, don't let us be found being prayerless. And Father, I just pray that you will cause us to manage our time in such a way that you are our top priority. Help us to know on a daily basis that speaking to you is the most important thing we can do in the course of a day. And then God, help us to believe you. We believe, but help our unbelief. Cause us to know that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And you do it all according to your power that works in us. Thank you for choosing us. We say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Deborah Smith-Pigay, you are incredible. Um, I just praise God that you said yes to Him that, and also yes to serving Him and making such a difference in the lives of so many through your writing, through your precious spirit. You are contagious, and I love it. So, God bless you. Blessing. You're a blessing. <laughs> oh, thanks for being on today. And uh, you can find at, at Deborah Smith-Pigay, you can go to um, confrontingissues.com and find out more about Deborah, her books, and you can find them everywhere in the bookstores and uh, be blessed by all of her books and invite her to speak for your next event. That would be a blessing as well. And Deborah loves music. I do too. And here's a song that I wrote called, He Filled the Hole in My Heart. Searching for answers to questions Longing for someone to care I was hoping the stress and the trials Would turn into breaths of fresh air Oh yes, my life it was empty And my plans seemed to just fall apart But then I called Jesus, and He filled the hole in my heart. Are you searching for answers to questions, longing for someone to care? Are you hoping the stress and the trials will turn into breaths of fresh air Oh yes Your life may be empty And your plans may be falling apart You can call upon Jesus And He'll fill the hole in your heart 
Jesus has filled the hole in my heart, and I hope that if you're feeling some difficulties today, that you will allow Him to fill the hole in your heart as well. His presence, His warmth, that's what makes a difference in our life, all the difference. Thank you again to Deborah Pigay for joining us and all the truths that from God's Word that she's imparted to us. And I look forward to visiting with you again for our next Bible Chicks show. Check out our archive show at BibleChicks.com and also like me on Facebook at Bible Chicks with Carol. So remember that in Him we live, move, and have our being. God bless you and have a great day. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're